Before we jump into today's episode, just a note that we do talk about suicide, which some listeners may find triggering. We've included the link to Lifeline in our show notes, and the number is 131114. Welcome to Good Morning, the podcast on a mission to open up the conversation around grief and loss with honesty and humour. Hosted by Sally and Imogen, we interview interesting guests to hear how losses shape their lives. Join us as we laugh, cry and drop the odd f-bomb. Welcome back to the Good Morning Podcast. Welcome. Hey, Sal. Hey, Im. I feel like I haven't seen you for a while. It's been ages. Well, it's been about like a week. Probably not even a week. (laughs) I mean, we talk like every five minutes. True. (laughs) But in person, yeah, it's been like a, a week. Yeah. So we are recording this the day after Mother's Day here in Australia. How was it for you, Im? Hell. Yeah, it wasn't easy. But, you know, I did have Layla to kind of try and focus my energy on for the day so I'm thankful for that but it was hard wasn't it Mm. how was your day it was okay I went um op shopping with a friend and that was fun um and I felt love an op shop bloody love an op shop (laughs) love a bargain me um and that was nice but I did feel quite flat and like exhausted and especially on the Saturday in the lead up to it I was just like drained um but it was okay it was yeah pretty griefy I'd say 75% griefy um I've I've tried to stay off my personal social media for the day which I did pretty well at because I feel like the minute I saw someone's Mother's Day post was like stabbed to the chest it's not an easy day um but we hope that you found some comfort and also a shout out to Motherless Daughters Australia, who put on a brilliant Mother's Day, pre-Mother's Day high tea, um, all across the country, last the week before last. So there was one in Sydney that we went to, and there yep. was Melbourne, Canberra, Brisbane. And it was so nice to get together with loads of amazing women and celebrate our mums but also we met lots of listeners we did how exciting was that it was so so nice so shout out to all of the listeners that we met because it was just so lovely to say hello and hang out in person and also shout out to the listener that always listens in the bath oh my god how funny (laughs) was that story she's like oh I listen to you guys all the time when I'm in the bathtub I'm like (laughs) so weird but so cute (laughs) and there was such a nice story from Sam who was actually a listener that was sitting at our table yes yeah how lovely was that so Samantha her dad had actually seen the article that was in the Daily Telegraph prior to us launching Good Morning and sent it to her and her mum had died and thought this might be helpful for her, a nice resource for her to connect with and um, yeah, so she found out about our podcast and then found out about Motherless Daughters Australia through the podcast and ended up at this event and sat at the table with us and told her uh, her story of how she ended up there. It was so heartwarming. It was so, so lovely and yeah, we're just yeah so happy that the podcast is such a resource for everyone everyone um that listens and 
provide some comfort and help so hi Sam if you're listening and um, yeah it was just just so beautiful to connect with so many amazing women and the motherless daughters team are brilliant and just and Joe was a great speaker there oh as yes well. yeah. Joe Zamet one of our previous guests yeah she was there she was absolutely excellent so yeah a great day all in all and a really nice way to remember you know our mums who aren't with us um, prior to I guess the big day I've got to tell you about my Friday night as well. Oh, yes. So um, one of my really good friends, Mel, we had a baby at around the same time and she thought it would be a nice thing to invite me along to a Mother's Day yoga women's circle retreat thing. And so I bought tickets, we went to dinner and then we we went to the um, Mother's Day event and the poor thing, the first thing that they did when we got there was like, we're going to go around and light a candle and talk about the women who brought us into this life. Oh, no. <laughs> Mel <laughs> looks at me and she goes, are you okay? I'm like, not okay. Frog in my throat. I don't think I could do this. Anyway, so we, it started going around the circle and we were sitting like towards the end of the circle and um, – Everyone was going around and like saying, sharing their mum's names and lighting a candle for them and thanking them for everything. And then it kind of was getting closer around to my my turn. And I was like, oh, well, this is for my mum who died last year. I didn't know what else to say. Oh and God. then I was bawling my eyes out and Mel was bawling her eyes out. And then the girl to the left of me was also bawling her eyes out. And then when it got to her turn, she just said her mum also died last year. Oh, my so God. So I feel like there was just this moment where we were like meant to sit next to each other because you know you go into those things and you feel like you're the only one and you feel like no one else is going through what I'm going through and I had just one of those moments where I felt really quite isolated for a minute and then I felt really connected so it was actually a really beautiful evening and we did sound bowl healing you love a sound bowl love a sound bowl me (laughs) and it was just really really lovely and a nice thing to do for myself um prior to Mother's Day which was quite hard so thanks to Mel for taking me along to that but um yeah it caught me by surprise for a minute there straight in there yeah yeah Yeah. oh well I'm glad that you you had some comfort sitting next to somebody else who had been through you know similar situation losing their mum recently yeah I know what you mean you can feel quite alone in those situations and it can be really hard and it's quite confronting isn't it you're like I'm not re- I wasn't ready to talk about yeah, this yeah. and then boom oh so and I'm then glad that you had a good time and then there was a moment so she had like um they were kind of like affirmation cards all around the circle and then she said when you feel the right moment to pick up a card pick up a card and oh my god the card couldn't have been more accurate for me at the time so the card was undying love and it said that no matter what has happened and no matter the situation our love will never die and I was like oh my god thanks (laughs) mum I love that yeah oh I'm glad that you had a good time and it was you know a comforting pre-mother's day treat for you yes sound bowls yeah sound bowls on the go so another quick thing that we've been up to before we dive into talking about who we've got on the podcast today is Im and I finally had our readings with David the medium and he did not disappoint in fact he was actually mind-blowing Jesus Christ I'm still processing to be honest I am shooketh <laughs> to be quite frank shooketh to the core <laughs> like I'm still talking to my husband about it I'll be like doing like the dishes or something and I'll just pipe up with like and then he said this can you believe it and my husband's like Jesus Christ he's still talking about this but it was amazing and we're going to do like a proper debrief on um on our readings so stay tuned for that yes we've also got David's interview coming up next as the next episode of Good Morning in a couple of weeks all about our uh sessions with him then because we're gonna yeah no spoilers but it's insane 
it was absolutely incredible like so so accurate like both of our minds were just blown yeah. so yeah david the medium is the real deal and just an amazing guy as well so if you can't tell we're massive fangirls <laughs> um hype girls <laughs> so yes and also more exciting news from us We've got a competition with David the Medium coming up on our social. So again, stay tuned. Keep your eyes peeled because it's not one to miss. And if you're not following us yet on Instagram, we're at Good Morning Podcast. So you'll hear all about the competition there. So definitely get over there. And we also have some exciting news um, that we are rebranding. So we've been really busy working on a new look and feel for Good Morning. Um, and we're going to be launching a new podcast tile. So again, keep your eyes peeled. It's going to be on our Instagram, um, but it's a whole new look and feel. And we really hope you like it. So we haven't gone anywhere. We just look, look a little bit different. Same, same, but different. Yeah. So, Im, who have we got on the podcast today? Today is an episode that I feel like is very close to my heart. Mm. Uh, we are speaking with Steffa Doyle, who is an incredible woman. She's fabulous, sparkly. I'll let you introduce all those other exciting bits about her. But uh, Steffa's mum also took her own life and it happened many years ago. But I really, I personally really needed to hear this conversation mm. and the fact that I got to talk to her and ask her some questions that I needed to know in terms of my own healing and process from suicide loss it was just such a true gift and I yeah I'm really excited for you guys to hear this and for anyone dealing with suicide loss it is a must listen it really is and it was just so inspiring to listen to Stepha talk about you know how she has used her mum the situation um, that she went through with her mum which we talk about in detail um, and then her mum's passing to kind of drive her to where she is today she's the queen of reels she's super fun it's a beautiful story of resilience and hope and for anyone struggling in those early days it's going to be very beneficial for you to hear this so let's bring her in let's bring her in hello lovely ladies hello stefa hey stefa how are you guys good how are you yeah i'm great We've been connecting on Instagram for quite a while now. We're massive fans of the content that you create. And <laughs> your reels are sensational. You've you need got to give some, us a lesson. Honestly, you've got some amazing outfits. These like fabulous, like um, sparkly jackets. And you've got this. I'm into those hats. The hats. Oh, yeah. Where the hats with the, the jewels. Hats? I make the hats. Isn't Stop. that crazy? Oh, the hat is next. You make some good morning hats. Oh my God. <laughs> I what think it... I, I think we need to a grief Absolutely. hat. <laughs> I've just got my grief hat on today, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me. Grief hats on. <laughs> yep. And Stefa, this is a very important chat that we're having today, and a very big and meaningful one to me as well, because you and I both lost our mums to suicide. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a big one and I've been looking forward to talking to you because I know you're quite further along in your journey with it. It's been, I think we're coming up to 12 years this year, which I just never thought I'd ever see. I think when you're in the middle of grief and grieving, especially in the early days, not even the early days, the weeks, months, years, it kind of feels like, is this ever going to end? And I think you imagine sometimes, oh, it'll be a 10-year anniversary and then a 20-year anniversary. It's really hard to see that. So I'm kind of shook saying that myself. 
growing up, you know, I feel on the whole I had a really beautiful, happy childhood. Um, but I remember as young as about four or five, mum would sort of have what I would call episodes or mood swings, I guess, where she would generally, you know, lock herself in a bedroom for the weekend or spend a few days in bed or have these outbursts of anger or rage, generally in some sort of fight with my grandma. And I guess as I grew up seeing that, I just thought, you know, mother-daughter relationship and... Is that mom normal? Yelling, like you yeah, like, I guess that, that's what happens. Like, And trying to understand it as I was older, you know, she was 35, 37, living with her parents still and wanting so much more for us to move out of home and all of those things. Um, but over the years, yeah, she definitely had these periods of, I guess, uh, downtime, darkness. Yeah, there was definitely significant periods where she was absent and unable to really show up for me, I guess, as a mum. And so, yeah, I have vivid memories of going to the bedroom asking her if she's okay and she just couldn't get out of bed. And I didn't really understand, but I just, you know, I'd write a cute little card and bring her flowers from the yard. So in that case, like in that sense, I was so, you know, lucky to have my grandparents around to help look after me. Like I never... I noticed it, but it wasn't as dramatic, I guess, if it was just her and I. Um, and then as I grew up, you know, the, the, I guess the outburst would get more extreme. Um, and, you know, her and my grandma would fight a lot more, and the fights were really intense sometimes, like just a lot of yelling and a lot of emotion. And quite often that would just leave me feeling, you know, scared and vulnerable and, I just locked myself in my room. Um, but then mum would come out of it and they'd make amends. And, you know, through that, there was definitely periods too where mum and I would have blow-ups. I think I was always quite passive. And, I mean, I wasn't a perfect teenager either, so I definitely did things that weren't quite right. Um, I mean, who didn't? I, yeah. <laughs> Sal and I, I were terrible right? teens, as she's called it before. <laughs> oh, we were absolute nightmares. Yeah. I think I'm actually... Um, Working through a lot of that stuff now as an adult, I think the throwing into the depths of grief at 17, that's kind of your priority to quote unquote, quote unquote, get through. Yes. And now I'm sort of undoing a lot of stuff that I experienced as a child and an early teenager. And that uncertainty of mood and that volatility, I think, really had an impact. Um, so it's a lot of. <laughs> A lot of self-love work and awareness for me now. Uh, but eventually it got to the point when I was 16, I was doing volunteer first aid because I wanted to be a paramedic and I had the opportunity to lay the wreath for Anzac Day, which was such an honour, um, especially for my granddad because he served and it was just a really beautiful and exciting um, time. And in that, in that time, I don't really remember what happened, but mum didn't show up to the parade or the event and went, I guess, quote unquote, off the rails as you do. So it was another one of these episodes. And I remember at the time I had this really strong intuitive hit that she had bipolar. I don't know how and never really heard of it. And then I was like, I'm only 16. Like, uh, how am I to know this? And did your mum ever get diagnosed with bipolar? So she did. So not long after that, uh, we had Christmas. She ended up going to bed really early on Christmas Day and everyone was just like, oh, she probably drank too much. 
which didn't seem quite right. Like, I don't think that she did. Anyway, it was a bit weird. Uh, anyway, three days later, she ended up going missing. And from that point, she was then admitted into uh, a psychiatric ward in Brisbane. Um, and then from there, as she was in hospital, she was diagnosed with bipolar. Um, but from what the doctors had said, it was a really rare late diagnosis. Normally, it's picked up a lot earlier. Um in life and you know after I guess that experience and after her passing there's been a lot of reflection and looking back on different events and different moments and behavior and I guess you can see moments of that throughout her life you know it was hard from the fact that I'm seeing my mother um, someone who is an authority my caretaker someone I look up to seeing her in almost like a childlike state and our roles reversing um, which happened suddenly the night she went missing and we found her swimming naked in a neighbor's pool. And oh, wow. as much as I, like, you know, I, I find the humor in it now because I think we've got to sometimes, but at the time it was very confronting, confronting and, yeah. and probably quite disorientating for you as well. Like what's going on. And so what are you doing mom in the pool? Yeah. So <laughs> Can she, you get out yeah. of the pool? had she gone missing for a few hours then? And there was a bit of a search party, what happened that night yeah so she went um she ended up I was out but she ended up leaving like a teddy and a fake flower that I had in my room on the driveway and then left a box of chocolates with a note on a neighbor's car that had her number left her phone at home and then yeah she went missing for about six hours and then people had gone out to look um, my grand, my granddad and auntie had gone to the police station to file Mrs. missing persons report, and then I eventually came home and was with my grandma and my uncle when we got a call from the neighbour who had said that she was at their house and we naked in their pool. Um, I mean, you know, I felt like while she was missing, I think that's when my grief started. Mm. You know, that it was that night thinking, ah, oh, I think she's dead, course, and I don't think yeah. she's going to come back. And what happened after that? So she was in hospital for a while. Can you talk us through, yeah, what, yeah. what happened after that? Yeah, so she ended up coming home, uh, which my grandparents I didn't really watch because we were a bit like, is it going to be suicide watch, um, to put it frankly. Um, but then at that point there was, again, not much support and there was definitely no support for us. Like no one sort of talked us through what to do, what not to do. She ended up going to... Um, some sort of accommodation, um, I don't really know what they call it, but uh, where other previous patients live and she was there and she was getting um, hounded for medication and it was just like not a good environment. So she ended up coming home um, and she was home from about mid-Feb um, until her passing in May. And I must say like my memory is pretty sketchy. I was going through like a lot of my own stuff, like obviously separate to mum, with mum, just being a teenager, I don't know, all of the things. All of the above, um, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. trying to find my way and, you know, she had really funny behaviour. Um, you know, I'd borrow her car to go out driving, to come home and, like, check over the whole car to make sure I didn't, you know, damage it. We'd have these conversations and then it would end in, like, I'm still not ready to forgive her. Uh, all sorts of weird cooking and you know the medication suppressed her so much too that she was like her her physical body was um, not as agile and she looked like a seven year old woman 
Um, so we just kind of like maintained some sort of, I guess, normalcy in what was a completely effed up situation. Yeah, so she could function sort of yeah, day you to were, day. Yeah. It sounds like you were probably just trying to get through it as well, you know. Just, yeah, it's just like moment by moment, like, okay, cool. How do I deal with this? Uh, no idea. Okay, I'll try that. Uh, and then it came to May. So uh, my friends had organized the weekend away and I was like, hell yes, I'm keen to get the hell out of here. And then the night before I was going, she had attacked me and she was like, I just really want you to forgive me. I'm so sorry. Da, da, da. The same conversation we'd had multiple times. And I was like, oh, I think she asked me, you know, will you ever forgive me? And I was like, I think I will, but I'm just, I'm still not ready yet. You need to give it time. Um, and then she said, love you, good night, because she was sleeping so much she didn't think she'd see me in the morning. Anyway, the next morning I'm about to go and my friend's out the front. I was literally like running out of the house and she ended up coming in um, to see me as I was leaving. And she was like, I just want to give you a hug and tell you that I love you. Um, and then I'm really sorry again and I hope you can forgive me. And I was like, oh, God, Mum, like, seriously, like, we've just had this conversation. Um, so I gave her this really half-assed hug and I was like, yeah, love you too. We'll chat when I get back, you know, whatever. Let me get out of here. Um, and then I went on the weekend away uh, and then it was that night. The night I had said goodbye to her for this trip um, was the night I had this dream that I – would call like a premonition now uh where her and I both died in this dream and the feelings and intensity were just so real and so vivid like I am a vivid dreamer but I don't think I've had a dream to that extent ever since um and so the next morning I woke up and I just you know I look back now and it's like my soul knew like I knew exactly what was happening without knowing and yeah I like again have never felt so off before in my life um I felt sick I felt really worried about her and around the time of her passing I would have checked the time like literally every minute twice a minute which is unlike me I'm not a time person (laughs) um and so yeah then that afternoon my ex my now ex-boyfriend um drove up to tell me that she had passed away which was just completely hell on earth. There's no other way to describe it, is it? It's just hell. The only way I think I've ever described any of this is that it's F-U-C-K-E-D. You can really? say you can say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Scream it. It's fucked. <laughs> it's fucked. It's actually, there's no other word for grief, for losing someone. In my case, you know, losing someone to suicide, it's fucked. It's the most yeah. fucked up thing. And, yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, I can still feel that moment. And I remember when my ex was like, Colleen passed away this morning and I was, I had a friend in high school named Colleen and I was like, oh, it must be our friend, you know, anything but mum. And then, you know, I realised it was her and it was like, I reckon about 20 steam trains rolled through that room and like just annihilated me. Like, well, yeah. yeah, I can still feel it now. You know, I was against the bathroom door, just like sliding down it, screaming, wailing, crying. Like, it was like winded from shock. Well, Steph, I can completely relate relate to you, as you know. Um, there's so much mm-hmm. of 
the lead up and you know not exactly the long lead up but the the night before and the day of so much resonates with me um my sister also had a dream about my mum the night before she died and it was you know similar like very vivid um she went to like reach her hand and say come with us mum and and she sort of walked the other way and my sister knew that this was it it was was something happening and then that day I woke up super early because I was moving house and like you every minute I was checking my phone I was going to call my mum but I didn't want to wake her up because I was like she doesn't usually get up early so I just kept you know telling myself when I get in the car and I drive to the new place I'll give her a call but she was on my mind the whole time and I kept checking Mm. my phone and she hadn't responded to the last messages that I sent her the night before and I just felt like something was off and then that whole morning before we found out like I just knew and I kept saying and I said it I said it to Mm. my partner I said it to my stepdad and no one was listening to me and I was like something's seriously wrong and then my sister obviously drove to the house to try and find her and see if she was okay I didn't think that she was ever capable of doing what she did I didn't think that that was ever an option but I I knew something was not was wrong you know it's just mm. that, that intuition I think that you really feel and I, I completely had the same experience with you around the day of her death mm. I just got chills as you were saying that I um I wish we could do a three-way hug right now. I know. I, know, I can't see I know. you as well, which is hard. Like, I know. <laughs> we need to be doing these interviews in person because it's just, yeah. It's Any hard. excuse so, to fly up to Brizzy. Let's yeah, get on the next I'm on, plane. I'm on the next flight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Got so here for that. Oh, I, just, I, really, um, I really feel for you. I feel for you both. It's just, yeah. It's so interesting too for me. Uh, sometimes I doubt, you know, the magic and, the intuition and the universal signs and, and I'm talking about like the good juicy stuff and and you know I, rem- I remember my own experience and it's like how can we limit ourselves to not believing in our intuition or our gut feeling or our own wisdom and magic when you know it is there and I yeah I really resonate because it's like it was such a deep knowing <sighs> without knowing so true mm. It was interesting because my it was a girl's trip and my boyfriend at the time was like, I want to come up and see you. And I was like, oh, this guy's going to break up with me. Fucking loser. <laughs> and then, You're and like, then not this tra- weekend. It <laughs> <laughs> ended up being something obviously um, much worse. Uh, and then, How did he <clears throat> end up finding out before you? So my because my grandparents had found mum at home uh, or my grandma did and then my granddad was there, um, a little bit later uh, and then my family were trying to figure out how to tell me knowing that I couldn't be told over the phone yeah. and that someone would need to drive me home so uh, my ex didn't have a license and uh, so another one of our friends drove drove him up and they came up together so yeah we ended up driving home so I came out of that room and only one of my friends had um, known about my experience and what I was going through and she was there and I walked out and she knew and my friends were, you know, in a state of shock and emotion, um, but really supportive. Like they just packed my stuff up, gave me hugs. I was just not crying at that point. I was just like dumbfounded. We then drove home. The boys stopped at Macca's to get some food. Um, and I, I just remember standing in Macca's being like, everyone, I feel like I'm naked. Like everyone right now knows what I'm going through. 
and I went to the toilet and I was sitting on the toilet in Macca's and I was just like, I don't think I can do this. Like, this is not a bad dream, is it? Like, this is not ending anytime soon. I then got home. It was night. It was about 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Um, and I think my uncle was still there. I saw my grandparents, but, um, yeah, like, hugged them and they were just in their process, of course. And then I remember just leaning on the kitchen bench and it was like this lightning bolt moment from God or the universe or my higher self. I don't actually know what. But uh, I said, if I feel all there is to feel, I'll be okay. And if this experience helps one person, then it's all been worth it. Which different, I probably choose different wording now, but to have that, I don't know what, lighthouse beacon of hope in that moment is just, like moves me to tears yeah and do you Um, think that's sort of what you know amongst all of your sort of healing and 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 over the years that have passed do you think that sort of insight that you had in that moment is kind of what's driven you to where you are today yeah absolutely the the feel there is to feel has just been like yeah the guiding light to moving through the emotion um the aftermath oh my god I mean, you're just in a big black hole, it's really. A shit show, isn't it? Let's be fair, let's be oh, honest. Like, it's, I, yeah, it's, it's crippling. It's like a bad and dream. You're like, what the fuck is this actually happening? You, yeah, you know, like how you were saying how you were sitting on the toilet and you're like, I can't do this. Like, mm. you, did you get that experience of like the rest of your life kind of flashed by you, and you're like, yeah. this can't be my story. Like, this can't. I cannot let this be my story. Like, I don't know if you had that same mm. kind of fire mm. in me and I just went, no, like every, yeah, the rest of my life literally just flashed by my eyes and I went, I've got one of two options here. Yeah. You know, let this kill yeah. me as well because sure, as sure as hell when they're in my mind many, many times. But mm. you like, you, yeah, you think you realise at some point there is so much still to live for but it is a, a choice that you have to make isn't it after you lose someone mm. to suicide yeah it was like I, I completely agree it's like holy hell like this is the rest of my life this experience yeah and how am I going to let this define me mm. or am I going to let it define me destroy and I think, or define you know, yes yeah. yes Sally destroy yeah, or define <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I feel like you know many years it was definitely the thing that entered the room before me um a lot of people sort of you know don't say uh your mum joke or don't talk about this and oh be careful like you know a bit damaged good kind of thing yeah um which you know I get but also like I think when you're grieving you're like just give me just treat me like a normal person like I'm still me I'm still Steph I'm still um I'm still the same person but right now I'm obviously like going through a lot uh, but the aftermath, I mean, I was, I was beautifully supported with friends who came over, um, even friends in high school that I'd had like, you know, a bit of a falling out with, it kind of just that melted away and people came over with food. And I mean, I wasn't really eating, I was sort of forced quarter of a sandwich a day. Um, and I was just existing, I think the first few days, it was a long weekend, a lot of people came and just spent time and sitting with me in the lounge room. And I told my story again and again. And this is, you know, ties into the earlier part of my story is that no one knew. 
so mum dying from suicide was like this shock like what what's been going on what's been happening and you know I reflect if mum had cancer or another disease people would have known yeah and there would have been that support and I've, I've spoken about this before too it's almost like yeah it is so shocking for someone to hear that you don't get the same response if you were to say your loved one died from cancer mm. I completely mm. relate to that there's been a lot of like oh she's a coward and a lot of um harmful misdirected yeah yeah unhealthy energy and thoughts and projections upon suicide and I think none of us can make a judgment on it because the way I see it is someone is in so much pain that that option is the easiest option for them like that is huge considering we are wired to keep ourselves alive so it's a basic human instinct to survive it goes against everything you know yeah yeah absolutely um but we had mum's funeral I think there was a big disconnect for me because I didn't see her and I'm grateful I didn't I'm grateful I was at home and I didn't see her body at the time but there was definitely disconnect until we had a viewing um that you know I was like everyone's lying you know I'd wake up in the morning and there would be that split second of like oh that was all just a really shit dream and then you kind of come to and you're like oh keep back reality. in the deep oh it's yeah. the deep worst hole. when you Ugh. you open your eyes in the morning and yeah you're so right there's hits a split second and then then it hits you and you're like oh yeah yeah you know you're like oh fuck that's right I'm here shit on that uh, like I have a question for you because this is one yeah. I know you're further along is there a point where you eventually wake up in the morning and it's not your first thought? Because yeah. I just cannot see how I'm ever going to wake up and be like, oh, it's a nice day outside. I feel, I hate it. I hate that element of my grief where it's like I've lost mm. my peace. Oh, I just, I like so viscerally feel for you because, yeah, I I so understand that. And, um, yeah, it, it I... It definitely goes away. It has for oh, me. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank the Lord. I, I would say I think I do think about her once a day. And, you know, that's something I think when I was initially grieving, I'm like, far out. I'm going to be thinking about this the rest of my life. Every, like, every second. Because I'm still, oh like, I think about my mum pretty much every second that I'm yeah. awake. Like, and I dream about her too. Like, it's still constantly there, yeah. ruminating. Like, it's not really eased up like I manage it better now and I don't dip into those really traumatic thoughts as much as I did but I still like she's still at the front of my mind constantly which is you yeah know, in some I, ways that's nice but others it's like can I, I can't I need a break yeah can I just have a break from my brain for a moment I remember seeing my counselor and I just my counselor's been an angel sent from heaven I feel we found her through a family friend and saw I saw her initially um, a couple of times a week and then for about four years I saw her weekly um, and then I had a break and then a couple of years ago when I started writing my book I actually started seeing her again because I had a lot of stuff come up and so I've been seeing her monthly ever since and it's the best thing ever but I remember seeing her and one of my first sessions you know she said this with love and just to give me I guess a bit of awareness she was like you know you're really gonna have to give yourself three to five years to feel better and at the time, I was like, um, what the fuck? Three to five years? Are you kidding me? That's forever, considering every day right now feels like a year. Mm. And I think we have this presumption about grief that it's like a two-week stint, babe. You know? Yeah. Someone dies, you wait till the funeral, and then you're done. And the reality 
the stark reality is that grief is for a lifetime. You will continue to have moments where you meet new parts of your grief. Like I know for me when I become a mother, God, I don't, I'm just like, that's probably why I'm resisting, yeah. resisting that part. So it's like, this is a forever journey. But I, I would have to say when I sort of got to the three-year mark, I was like, oh, things are maybe 10% better. And then five years, it was definitely noticeable. And now, you know, 10, 11, 12 years, it's like, I can say it's amazing, which is wild. Uh, and I guess, you know, I think there's another point in that we get to still live amazing, incredible, starkly lives beyond our grief as well. You know, part of me right now is like feeling um, bad for saying how amazing I'm, I am now. No, but you no. you don't understand what this what this does to people. Mm. Still, I mean, you know, the first year hearing that, mm. like, I'm holding on to that. And yeah, we'll probably listen to that bit on repeat. I'll get them to cut that bit. <laughs> yeah. So when I wake up in the mornings, I'm like, <laughs> life can be amazing again, and that is you've got to hold on to that. So do not you shouldn't feel, feel bad for that. Do not feel guilty for that. Like it is so important to be people, able to get to that. You want to know that there's. It's going to get better. You know, we've spoken quite a lot on this podcast mm. about us both finding it really hard when people say it doesn't get any better, it doesn't get any easier because we both really wanted to know that it does. So I think, mm. you know, it's great to hear, like, your side of your story and how it is better for you now. You know, the pain never yeah. goes away, but... You can live your life again. Thank I think bloody God. Like you, you integrate it into your life it's like okay there's this thing that I think about at least once a day uh some days the emotions I feel about it are way more intense and write everything off and other times it's just kind of there other times it's happy and I think uh I don't know I'm like opposed to people saying or projecting that it never gets better you know I don't know if it's technically gotten better because there's no friggin' scale for me to measure my experience better, better for me is just being able to wake up in the morning and it not hit me like having like a bit of peace Mm. back in my life I consider that as getting better (laughs) you know and the fact that that's happened for you like that's all I need to hear like I'm so happy about that yeah I absolutely believe that there is peace and there is grief grace is found in grief and through our grief and through you know feeling what's there as well like I think this is the other thing no avoidance in what's coming up for us either that's probably been the biggest thing, but yes, there's absolutely peace, and I, I'm, I'm like freaking in love with my life now. I definitely have moments where I'm like, oh god, what if it all goes away? You know, what if something like that happens again? Oh my god, I don't think I could handle that. Um, but it is, yeah, it's incredible now. How how did you cope with those feelings of guilt as well, Steph? Because I know guilt is a very common component to suicide loss. Is that something that you experienced? quite a lot with your mm. mom. Yeah, I think I think a you know, big part in all of my healing, particularly with this, has been talking about it. And, um, you know, it's my belief that our shame and guilt is liberated through when we find safe spaces to share it. So particularly with my counsellor at the time, I spent a lot of time um, sharing that with her and going through the questions and having her hold space and help me move through what is actually true as opposed to my brain creating stories and connections that aren't there. Mm. You know, realistically, whether or not I ate potato salad was not going to affect, I guess, 
whether or not she wanted to be here. Um, there was so much more going on. And I think, you know, working with my counsellor as well to understand mental health and bipolar from a bigger perspective, whilst it's not specific to my mum because we didn't get that, to have that opportunity, it definitely helps to give me insight that, like, hang on, this is well beyond me and what I'm doing or not doing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. There's so many factors have to come into play for someone to make that choice and to think that we have control over somebody's, you know, yeah. life. Oh, it's, just, it's not the reality, is it? As much as I think totally. we'd like to think that we do, so we this would never happen again, but unfortunately we don't. I think it was interesting too, you know, as in, in my relationship back then, um, the same partner who was there when she died, and I think that was helpful and then it was almost, because that relationship became abusive, it almost became like another wave of guilt and shame to deal with. It was like within that relationship, you know, when I would, I'd be up late, not crying, crying till I'm vomiting, you know, just so emotional. And then it got to a point where he'd be like, what are you still crying about? And um, then maybe like, you know, I'm upset about mom. And then he's like, you're still upset about that. And so having to deal with like, even just guilt and um, shame around my grief about my emotions was another layer of undoing, which I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still working on it. And I think this is, you know, I said before, it does become peaceful and easier, I feel, and life does become lighter and sparkly. And there's still shit to work through. <laughs> I think it's like finding that beauty within the polarity. Definitely. And it sounds like you had, you know, not only were you dealing with the trauma of your, you know, what had happened with your mum, but then dealing with the trauma of, you know, an abusive relationship on top of that. And I feel like we could probably get into like a whole nother podcast episode on that, on that topic, but you know, that's an awful lot for you to be dealing with. And especially, you know, at at such a young age, 17, like you're just figuring out who you are. And, and that Mm. leads me on to, you know, the next uh, final question what advice would you give to someone who is going through, you know, experiencing the loss of a loved one to suicide? You know, do you have one key piece of advice that you would like to depart? Hmm. You know, there's obviously so much that can be said and also not much as well. Um, sometimes I feel like it's just, the pre- I know for me in my experience, it's the presence of people and even when people didn't know what to say, just them holding my hands or giving me a hug was just enough to know that they're there. Um, I think for the people who are grieving a a loss of someone to suicide, I think uh, I just just really honour you and I really see you and uh, I, I wish and desire that you can find compassion for yourself and grace yourself knowing that it's not your responsibility and that through the art of feeling the emotions and seeking support both through the things that you like doing and the people around you but also professionally that there is life after this for you it's been so so good to speak to you Amazing. thank you for opening up and sharing your story with us because it's not an easy thing to do and i know that it brought up quite a lot of emotions for you just even you know even writing some notes down for us so we are so appreciative of you sharing your story not only with us but with our listeners and with the world as well because you know there are a lot of people that that 
will benefit from listening to this and hearing your advice and how you have got through what you have got through and how you are such a positive force of light um you are just bloody amazing so thank you thank you and you've brought me so much hope as well Stepha. so thank you my absolute pleasure thank you both so much i don't even know what to say i'm just i'm smiling so <laughs> hard. just keep thank being you. your sparkly self yes do. And we'll, we'll catch up for a drink when we're up your way yeah if we're oh brizzy we'll hit you up and you've got to make us the grief hats yes and oh my god <laughs> yes. we'll come and do some carpool photography <laughs> yeah oh my god yes yes so for all of this this friendship isn't over <laughs> Another new mate. I say this every time, but yeah. every time we finish an, an episode, I'm like, new bestie. She is, what a, what a bloody legend. Such a legend. And what an inspiring story. And that's an awful lot to go through at such a young age. And I think I know for you, Im, it's really important for you to connect with women like Stefa who have been through something similar and are doing something positive with with what's happened to them but also they've you know she's she's making something of her life and she she has survived it and I know that you felt like for quite a long time you were questioning is there light at the end of this tunnel absolutely and there's so many key takeaways in this episode but the main one like for me even just hearing that she can wake up in the morning and it's not an overpowering thought anymore like has given me so much hope I can't even tell you how Mm. much that has helped me to even hear that that it's possible I've just, yeah, blown away. If you've enjoyed listening to today's episode, then we've got a really small favour to ask. If you could leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, that really helps Good Morning get seen by other people. And if you know anyone who might benefit from listening to this podcast, please do spread the word about Good Morning. Good Morning.